Praise God. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. How many here have cell phones? Uh, I'd be surprised if I didn't see two, three, multiple. Well, we all know we all know how it can be when you're talking to someone and then you lose contact and you hear the person saying, "I can't hear you, I can hear you," and then you start moving around, you start repositioning yourself, and like that old commercial, "Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?" And you kind of it kind of just goes, and as you change your positions, trying to get that signal reconnected. Well, the same thing is true with us. Relative to hearing God. Many times when we're trying to hear from God and we're, we think about, do I need to reposition myself to enable me to better hear from God? Sometimes we never give God a chance to talk to us because we've oftentimes made up our minds. We want to do what we want to do, not what God may want us to do. Our hearts become hardened and we're unwilling to listen. So today we're going to look at how do we reposition ourselves to make sure that we can actually hear from God. But if you really want to hear from God, and what believer doesn't want to hear from God, you have to understand what is keeping you from hearing from God. There can be three mental barriers. There can be three mental barriers that could be keeping you, um, keeping your mind closed to God's message. Okay, one is pride. If you think that you don't need God in your life and want to handle things yourself, you're probably not listening for God to speak. Pride keeps you from being open to the possibility that God might want to even say something to you. You see, you can get so caught up in pride you don't even realize it. But you start doing things on your own, thinking that I don't need the guidance from God. I can figure this out. I'll just take the map, I'll just take this, I'll just take that, I'll just make this phone call or whatever. I can figure it out. So that's a sense of pride. Fear can hinder us from hearing from God. A lot of people can't hear God speak because they're afraid to hear God speak. Maybe they think that hearing God's voice make you, makes you some kind of a religious fanatic. All right? When you're sitting around talking to people, then how many times will you be bold enough to say, well, I'm not going to do this, or I'm going to do this, and they say, why? And you say, because God told me. And they look at you. You hear from God? How many people are bold enough to say, yes, I do? You see? Many times we as Christians, we get so concerned, how are others going to view us? Am I going to seem like one of those Bible-toting, Bible-thumping, fanatical Jesus freaks, as they used to call us back in the 70s? And so therefore we sit there passively and we're quiet because we're afraid to think that God might be speaking to us. Another thing that could hinder you is bitterness. When you hold on to a hurt, when you hold on to a resentment or a grudge, then you're not going to be able to hear God because your heart is hardened. It has grown cold and made you defensive even to God's love. Okay? You can't hear God if your mind is, crow- is crowded with other thoughts or concerns, particularly if you've got worries, if you've got plans and you've got activities that you're trying to work out, that you're trying to figure out how to do it. Okay? That hinders you from hearing God. If you're always listening to the radio or the TV, when God calls you, the circuits are busy. The circuits are busy when God calls you. 
And I'm not talking just the, the circuits of the television or the radio, but your circuits are busy. You see, you know, you know. Contrary, contrary to, to, to many much thought that we can we can multitask. Well, truly, multitasking is very, 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 very difficult because even if it's only for a, a split second of time, you're focusing on only one thing. So if your circuits are so busy, you're listening to TV or to whatever else is going on, the cacophony of sounds that exist in your life, then you're not going to be able to hear from God. Okay? You've got to somehow eliminate the distractions. Sometimes, as I was saying before, we may have been hurt badly, whether it happened this week or years ago, and you're still holding on to it. Alright? I want to tell you today that you've got to let it go. Not for, not for their sake, but for yours. If you've had some hurt, whether it was last year, last week, last month, five years ago, you've got to let it go. Because it's just going to hinder you from hearing to God, hearing, hearing from God. The resentment that could be building up is killing you. You don't even realize it. But if you're holding on to past hurts, that resentment of that person or that incident or whatever, you're holding on to it. It's killing you and you don't even realize it. All right? Resentment is a self-inflicted wound. That allows people from your, from your past to continue to torment you and to hurt you into today. And we don't realize it, you know. See, because the devil is insidious. You'll be sitting there watching TV or eating, sipping a cup of coffee or whatever. And all of a sudden, that person from your past will pop up in your head for sure. When you're at peace, it'll pop up, that person. And with crystal clarity, you'll remember what that person said. Even down to what the person was wearing. At the time that they hurt you. See, that's a resentment that just boils and boils and boils deep down inside of you until it builds a root of bitterness. Okay? So you've got to put those things in the past. Not for their sake, but for your own. Because it could be hindering you from, from hearing from God. You've got to let it go. Not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you need to get on with your life. Okay, now obviously we know what the word of God says about forgiveness. We have to forgive, we have to forgive. Okay, but in order for you to get on with your life, you've got to forgive and forget and simply move on. Because if you wind up dwelling on those resentments, it could hinder you hearing from God. Okay, are your circuits too busy? Jesus says in Luke 8, 7, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, it says, Some other seeds fell where thorn, bush, where thorn uh, bushes grew up and choked the plants. Now you know that's the parable of the sower. Where it talks about the seeds falling by the wayside on stony ground, etc. And then those seeds that fell in the, in the right place into fertile soil. The kind of soil with weeds in it was actually planted with, with crops and begins to grow. But as it grows, weeds grow up around it and the weeds begin to choke out the good crops. It begins to choke out the good plants. As we know that any of us that have done any kind of gardening, you know, when you're putting down those seeds and those good plants and whatnot, you might not see the, the minute particles of, or of, of uh, I should say the minute seeds of weeds, but all of a sudden they, they start to grow, you know. And we all know that weeds don't need much cultivation, Okay. Weeds don't need much cultivation. Here's what Jesus says is the meaning of, uh, of uh, that, that Luke 8, 7. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who fear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. There are three things that can choke out hearing from God. You don't have to cultivate weeds, but they grow automatically. In fact, weeds are a sign of neglect. 
If you see weeds in your yard or garden, it means that you're not tending your yard or garden. The weeds in your spiritual life are a sign that you're not, you're neglecting time with God. Okay? So if you've got spiritual weeds growing in your life, and spiritual weeds could be manifesting in terms of uh, uh, worries or, 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 or your dreams and, and your desires not coming to fruition, things not co- going your way, okay? Or it, how is your garden growing, your spiritual garden? Are there weeds that are, are, are cropping up in there? Again, to go back to the past hurts. You don't need to, to even ask them to come about. They just kind of pop up on their own. Any failures that you may have experienced, those things just kind of pop up on their own. Amen? So you've got to cultivate it. The same way you cultivate your garden, you've got to cultivate your spiritual life. Worry, worries are weeds. When you're so busy with the problems and pressures of daily living, it makes it harder to hear God. Right? If you're worried about daily living. You see, you know, I always draw the example of that, you know, those of us who are working and, and you have, or even those of us who are not working, <laughs> praise God, you, you have direct deposit going into your bank account, okay, either from your job or from your pension or what have you, and you don't worry about it being there. You know, you go on at 12.01 of that day that it should be there, and you look up and you see that the total added to your account. You, you, don't, you don't worry about it. it it's, it's, it's just there, you see. But, but why do we spend so much time worrying about the other things in our lives? To the point that our hearts become hardened and we cannot hear from God. Amen? We get so busy trying to get out of debt, so busy trying to make more money, and so busy making a living that you don't make a life. Alright? There's nothing wrong with being ambitious. There's nothing wrong in wanting to move up in your job. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, to, to have bigger earnings. But when that becomes the, 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 the source, or the, the, I should say the purpose of your existence, when that becomes all that you live for, okay, then you're not living a life. You're certainly not living a life in God because you certainly should know that your source of your income is from God. It's not from man. It's not from man. Any of us who have moved from one position to another almost unexplainably, inexplicably, you understand, oh, wow, look what popped up in my life and God blessed me, God blessed me, God blessed me. You realize that God was the source of that promotion, you see. But if you spend your life thinking about, I've got to earn more, I've got to make more money, I've got to do that, I've got to do that, then that's not having a life because what you're doing is that you're missing seeking God. You're missing the time to, to find out from God what it is that he wants you to do. And if you're not sure, just depending on the fact that God will do whatever it is that you need. The other thing that could be hindering us is pleasure. Now, there's nothing wrong with pleasure. But God said that when you're so busy pursuing fun and enjoyment, you miss him and his plans for your life. All right? There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a good time. But if you heard of, you know, good time Charlie and so forth, if that's all that you're doing is looking for pleasure, then there's no time for you to sit down and think about God and to focus on what God would want you to do with your life. When all of your circuits are busy, are busy that indicates a time that you need to get quiet. Now you heard the song that we just heard, Be still and know that I am God. And that becomes so important to us when you're starting to run around busy in your life, and especially when things seem to be so harried and you can't understand how your ends are going to meet or how this is going to happen or how that dream is going to come true and so forth, and you're just totally frustrated. That's a big signal for you that it's time for you to be still and know that, and know that I am God, know that God is God. One of the things you could try doing is that before God speaks, Try saying yes. Before God speaks, try saying yes. 
Many times we Christians refuse to pray, or we, I should say, avoid praying, because we're afraid of what God may say to us. That God may possibly deny that thing that you're praying for, not realizing that if the God denies something that you're praying for, it's because he has something better in mind for you. God will always give you what you need, not necessarily will he always give you what you want, you see. But many times we don't pray to God because we think we may be afraid of what he's going to tell us. So what about if you repositioned yourself in life, repositioned your mind, repositioned your spirit to make a commitment to say, Lord, I'm going to seek your face and whatever it is you're going to say to me, I'm saying to you right now, yes, I'm saying yes to you. Amen. And that will put you in a position then and God will also know, okay, he's ready, she's ready to really, to really be open to what I'm about to say. All right? But many times, again, we as Christians, we're afraid of what God may say. Especially when it's something that you want so badly. Okay? You know? You see? You know? And the interesting thing is that when you have that fear that God is not going to give it to you, then could it be that deep down inside, maybe you're thinking that this is something that God might not want for me? All right? If you're doubting that God is not going to give you something or not do something for you, you need to ask yourself deep down inside, why do I, think, why do I have this little thing bugging me in my back that if I pray to God about this, God's going to say no? Okay? All right? If what you're praying for is in line with God's will, then it's going to be a good thing. All right? If the thing that you're praying for is not good for you, then you should really, really want God to tell you no. Alrighty? And that you know it in advance. Because we don't know the future, but God certainly does, you see. But many times, though, we are afraid because we don't know or we think God's going to deny us. So try, try cultivating your spiritual garden by changing your thought process and changing your approach to God by saying, God, whatever your answer is going to be to me, I'm going to say yes to that, to that answer. I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. God speaks to people who decide they're going to do what he tells them to do even before he tells them. It's saying, God, if you want me to move, I'll move. If you want me to get married, I'll get married. If you want me to leave this job, I'll leave this job before you even tell me. My answer is yes, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. You see? And it's very hard when it comes down to people and relationships. Believe it or not, I was a young man one time. Okay, and I recall, you know, you know, there's some young one that I had my eye on and things like that. And, and, uh, but back then I certainly never thought that maybe God would say no if I asked him. Okay? So rather than ask, I didn't. Because I didn't want to hear the answer. Okay? Alright? So in relationship building, that's extremely important. Alright? That you ask God, is this right for me? Is where I'm planning to go correct for me? And don't be afraid of the answer, because whatever that answer is, it's going to be for your good. It's going to be for your better. Amen? Amen? I've known people over the years, and I'm sure you all have too, where um, they just went on and did what they thought was the right thing and, and what they thought God was telling them to do, and not knowing what God knows and not knowing that God knows all things and knows all people. Right, later on, everything started going wrong. 
things started being discovered, personalities changed, and, and so on like that. You always hear jokingly, you know, like when you're courting a, you're courting a young lady, the guy runs around and holds the door open and, and all of that stuff and puts the chair, when they sit down to dinner, puts the chair under them, okay? All right, all right. The, the young ladies come to the door with their hair nice and fixed up and smelling good, and, okay? Then after you're married, open the door yourself, all right? The, the woman opens the door with one of them big holy robes on and they muck all over their face and their hair and curlers. What happened to all of that? All right? All of a sudden, the bubble gets, boom, gets bursted mighty quickly. All right? Okay, now, I'm not saying that God is going to necessarily say to you, don't date that one, don't marry that one because she's not going to look pretty anymore. He's not going to open the doors for you. But what I'm just going on to say is that God knows your future. You know, God knows your future, you know. And many times, relative to relationships, our eyes, we're, we're looking life at life through rosy glasses, you know. And everyone looks so beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. All I'm just saying is that make sure you've got God in there. Make sure you've got God in there because he knows. Amen? Amen? If, if you want to leave a job, you know, leave the job because God is telling you to leave the job. Not because you're tired of getting up or you're tired of the people that are there or you're, you're tired of the circumstances or whatever. Let God tell you it's time to go. Because then when God tells you to go, he'll be ready to put you someplace else. All right, you know. So again, it's not looking at what I feel like like God is telling me to do. What is God really, really telling me to do? But you won't know that if you're being too busy. If your circuits are too busy to hear what He's saying to you. Luke eight fifteen says, "The seeds that fell in good soil stand for those who hear the message and retain it, uh, retain it in a good and obedient heart, and they persist until they bear fruit." Well, I used to study this parable of Jesus, and I used to think that the parable was talking about four kinds of people. I used to think it was talking about four kinds of people. Those who are resistant, those who are shallow, those who are busy, and those who are good. If you read the scripture, that's what it kind of makes you think. All right? But what it actually is representing, Holy Spirit showed me, was actually representing is four different attitudes. Any one of us can have four of those attitudes in the same day. You can have those attitudes in the, in the same day. One moment you go, God, I don't want to hear you because I know what you're going to say. And the next moment you say, Lord, tell me quick. Then you hear it and think it's good, but you don't do anything about it. Okay? How many have had a word from the Lord? That's a good answer, Lord. Yeah, that sounds good. But then you don't follow through. All right? Okay? You hear from God, you've got to follow through. Especially if you know it's God. All right? All right? And I've talked about this many times, and how do you know it's God? God's not going to tell you to do something that's going to contradict His Word. I don't care how good it may sound to you. The Bible, His Word, is your yardstick. That's your measurement. I don't care how appealing and attractive it looks to you, if it's against his word or if you can't find confirmation of it in his word. It's a very, 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 very good chance. It may not be God. I don't care how good it sounds to you, you see. Because we human beings, we're, we're expert at rationalizing. If you think hard enough, you can believe someone that tells you the sky is green. All right? You can, if you think hard enough. So we can make an excuse for almost anything in life. So God's word is the real barometer. It is the real test. It is the real test. The other, the other attitude is maybe the fruit starts to bear in your life, but then you get so busy with your job or with your school or with your guy or with your gal or your kids, and then the weeds grow up. You see, because again, you're getting so busy 
that you don't notice. You're not tending your spiritual garden. That's the other attitude. And then the last attitude is then the other times you say, God, whatever you want, I'm totally open to you. That's when the seeds are falling on good ground. Okay? See? See? But again, it gets down to trusting God. And that's where I guess I can't answer this for you. Only you can answer this for yourself. Only you can really do some serious soul searching and think that and say to yourself, will I really, really be willing to do what God is telling me to do? Even if it's telling me, even if God tells me that this is contrary to my thought, contrary to what I've been desiring, contrary to what I've been praying for, am I willing to accept that? Okay? Because I'm telling you, ten times out of ten, if you search back into the Word some confirmation for something that is other than what God is telling you to do, you're not going to find it. Not unless you're just you're replacing God's word with your own words, or unless, as I started out saying in the beginning, your heart has become so hardened that you're not able to hear God. Okay, you know in Exodus where it talks about when, when, when Israel left Egypt and Pharaoh went chasing after them, and the word of God says, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Okay, that's what that means. Pharaoh couldn't hear God. You couldn't hear God, okay? Well, that could never happen to me, Pastor. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, it can. Yes, it can. All it takes is a little help. A little help from that one that is referred to as, as uh, um, the accuser of the brethren. Satan himself. What did he do to Jesus in the desert? Jesus knew the truth, but Satan still tried him. If you're hungry, turn, that, turn those stones into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone. Right? But by every single word of God. Right? Throw yourself off this cliff. If you just bow down to worship me, I will give you this, I will give you that. Well, Satan comes to us all in modern day terms and tells us something other than what the word of God says. So that thing that you're praying for, that you're hoping for, seems oh so right. It seems oh so good. Okay? But if your heart has become hardened, and you've allowed weeds to grow in your spiritual garden, you won't hear God when he's telling you, don't walk, don't take that step. It's a cliff. Don't take that step. And we've all been there at some point in our lives where there's something that we did, some actions that we took, and we knew deep in our spirit after it blew up in our faces because we didn't listen to God, at the time, it seemed like a good thing. It seemed like it may have been God. But yet still, there was some little quiet thing deep in here. Deep in your spirit. little quiet thing that was telling you, ah, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't believe that. Some little quiet thing. All right? But you insisted, and you went on anyway, and you did it. And then when the thing blew up in your face, if you haven't gotten to the point where your heart is just so totally hardened, and so deaf to God's voice, unless you've gotten to that point, you'll hear Holy Spirit telling you, you remember when, you, when we're about to take that action and I was calling you not to? I was calling you back. And then you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, I did have some hesitation. Yeah, I did have, a little, did have a little... And if you're really listening to God, Holy Spirit will say, that was me. That was me. All right? And that's how you learn to hear the voice of God. That's how you learn to hear Holy Spirit. That's how you learn to say, yes, Lord, whatever you say. Okay? 
Right? Now, you know, you heard the expression, well, Jesus, I don't need a brick building to drop on me to make me wake up to that fact, to that truth. Well, we as Christians, it's like we need a brick building to drop on us before we wake up. Because we do that so many times. Amen? So don't let those weeds grow in your spiritual garden to the point that it chokes off the word and gets you to the point that you can't hear Holy Spirit when he's trying to warn you. Okay? Already? Okay? And sometimes the things that you want the most are those things you really, 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 really got to seek God for and really, really make sure that God is telling you yay or nay. Alright, okay? Because the things that you're desiring the most, you know, the first thing you, you start playing out in your head, oh Lord, what if I don't get this? Or what if this doesn't happen? I'm going to be totally devastated because you want it so bad. Instead of cultivating your spiritual garden and saying, Lord, you know how much I want this. I really would love to. You can envision yourself doing whatever it is that you're doing, living wherever it is that you're living, moving and doing and whatever it is that you can envision it. And you want it so badly, you see. That is the time you really, really, really got to make sure you're hearing from God. Okay? Okay? Because of the fact that you want it so, so badly. You know the shiny things I talked about before? The things that the devil can dangle in front of your face to make it a shiny thing and all of your attention goes on that and you get drawn away by it? You really, really got to hear God's voice because it seems so good to you. It seems so good to you. It seems so right. You know? You know? You know? All things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Yeah, but if you love the Lord, you'll seek His voice. You'll seek His counsel. You'll seek His guidance. Alright? Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'll say yes. Lord, I really would like to have that. I really would like to go there. I would really love to accomplish that. However, Lord, okay, what did Jesus say? In the garden, Gethsemane. Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. It was Jesus, the Son of God, who had been with God. What does one John, uh, John 1 say? Say, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus was always with God. He never knew any separation from God, the Father. But now he had this terrible task he had to fulfill. Okay? I don't believe it was the pain of the cross that, that, that had him praying. I don't believe it was the upcoming um, uh, uh, crucifixion process that was, up, that was upcoming that was, was troubling him. It was the fact that he was going to be separated from the Father. Because he was about to take the sins of the world on him. And he knew that in that state, God the Father, because God cannot look upon sin, according to his word, could not be able to look upon Jesus, his son. So he said in a moment of anguish, Father, if there's any way possible in your plan, let there be another way. Don't let me have to do this. Take this cup, take this task away from me. However, Father, not what I want. But your will be done. Amen. So how many of us can get to the point that we can actually say, Lord, not, I, I really, really would love to have this. I really want to accomplish this. I really want to do this. But, Lord God, your will be done. Your will be done. Okay? Knowing and resting assured that as he said, all things work together for good for those that love him. So if by some chance this thing that you're praying for and believing for does not happen, God has something better for you. 
God has something better for you. You see? You see? And, and that makes it so much easier for us. You know, one of the beautiful things about being a Christian and being a child of God is that I don't have to remember, well, gee whiz, in order for God to make this happen, let me see, now i got to make sure I get to Walmart, i got, got to buy one blue candle, one pink one, i got to get three yellow ones, i got to line them up, i got to stand on one foot, light them and hop around three times, then i got to say, i got I got to read 2,000, ver- no, is it 2,000 verses or 201 verses? i got to read all of these verses in this order. you got to go through all of this stuff. God made it so simple. So he said, ask me. Trust me. Believe me. Let me guide you. You know, we don't have to think too much. All we got to remember is to seek his face. All we got to remember is to love him and to trust him. You know, all we got to remember that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. I mean, there's not too much on our part that we need to do. But we make it more difficult. Okay? Because we want things to be our way. God wants you to have an attitude of obedience so that you can bear fruit. The biblical term for being successful. That's what bearing fruit means. To be successful. You know? Bearing fruit also entails that that he wants you fruitful in your business, in your family, in your friendships, in your relationships uh, with God and with others, and your health. Being fruitful means all of the above. Not just in one area. You know? So how do you bear fruit when God tells you something? How do you bear fruit when God is telling you something? It's very, it's very simple. You pass it on. You know? We sit up here every Sunday and we hear a lot from the Word of God. You're being fed meat. We're not a milk-spooning ministry here. If you're really looking for God and you really want to understand the deeper things of God, you're going to get some meat. So when you get this meat, what do you do with it? God does not intend for us to be so highly educated in His Word and understanding His Word and so spiritually developed if we're not doing something with it. If we're not passing it on. Okay? Alrighty? Alrighty. You know, what did Peter say to the beggar who's at the gate asking for silver and so forth? Well, alms, alms. Peter said, said, silver and gold, I have none. But that which I have, I freely give to thee. Alright? You're receiving freely. You need to also give freely. This is bearing fruit in your life. Okay? Bearing that fruit and you passing it on, you never know how you might be touching the heart of someone else. The Word of God says, forsake not the gathering together of of the brethren, of yourselves. Okay? It's because that during these times of interaction we see other people that may be experiencing something similar to us. And then what God has taught you, the time may come for you to pass that on. Amen? This is all, all called bearing, bearing fruit. Another translation of Luke 8.15 says, They listen to God's words and cling to them and steadily spread them to others who also soon believe. God wants you to pass on to others what you learn. I see and talk to many Christians who have struggles in life and many times just because they are not retaining God's message via a sermon or reading the Bible or even hearing from Holy Spirit. You know? It's one thing to sit here for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour and hear a message. And then the minute you get out in the parking lot, it all goes away. 
You know, and I've jokingly, laughingly told you the many times that I've been an, being an usher <laughs> many years ago starting out. And there's a dynamite message going on. And the pastor's really got a riveting message going on. And, and everyone, everyone is praising God and all. Love you, Lord. And love you, brother. Love you, sister. And the church, and the service breaks up. They get out in the parking lot and someone's blocking them. And all heck breaks out. My, how quickly their Christianity flies away. All right. How quickly did they? Re- how how much did they retain God's word? All right. I mean, you you think you're in a you 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 were in a uh, a, a Winco parking lot during the holidays or something? The way they're fighting and blowing for spaces and so on. Amen. Amen. So 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 retaining God's God's word is important. The word explains this in Scripture: seeds fell by the wayside. All right. So we don't want the seeds falling by the wayside. Let's go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Praise the living God. God is good. Matthew 18. I'm sorry, Matthew, Matthew 13. Sorry about that. Matthew 13. Just testing to see how quickly you can move around in your Bibles. Matthew 13. Verse. Verse 18. Okay. Matthew 13. Verse 18. Okay. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and anon with joy receives it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but, do, but endures for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended or is done in. And, and this, is, this is where you're in church and you hear a sermon on, let's say, faith, you know, strong faith, and you really get pumped about it. And how the scripture that goes on to say, we walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, and then come Monday morning, you go to work, and there's a pink slip on your desk. Or people start rumoring about people being laid off, and all of a sudden you start getting nervous. And you start getting all worried. Well, the sermon you just heard on Sunday addressed that very issue. All right? But the things that we hear on Sunday, we don't always retain. We seem to forget on Monday morning. This is not holding on to God's word. You see? You know? I don't stand up here for the time that I stand up in, in preparing a message and, and giving what Holy Spirit is said to be given um, just because that's what I felt like saying or doing. Many, many, many times what is discussed here follows out in the weeks or days to come. Not only for myself, but for those others that I know of also. So many times the word that you hear in church on Sunday or the word that you hear Many times it's God preparing you for the week to come. So this is another reason that we need to walk looking, okay, Lord, this is what you're telling me. Is this, is this a, am I hearing this today for a reason? 
What's it going to be like in the next few days? This is where, where it says here, For he that does not have root in himself, but endures for a little while, while he's hearing the sermon, but when tribulation or persecution arises, see, when trouble arises, because of the word, by and by he is offended. Verse 22, He also that, uh, that received seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. That's what I was saying before, whereas in this case, you know, you're hearing the word, the word of God, but because of the fact you're so concerned about money and, 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 and your job and how can I get more money and, 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 and what can I do to, 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 to get more interest or whatever, you're so hung up on that, that the word of God gets choked. And these are the weeds that grow up there because you can't hear the word of God. You can't hear Holy Spirit telling you, don't worry about that or do this. Invest or divest yourself of it, whatever. Amen. Okay, but but you're so preoccupied. All right, your circuits are too busy. Verse twenty-three says, "But he that received seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it." Underline that understands it. But he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. All right. So he is fruitful, the person that hears the word and understands it, and uses it, and acts, and acts on it. Okay? So how do we prevent our circuits from being too busy and retaining God's word? I'm going to give you five steps as we go through these and working towards closing here. And that is to hear, read, study, memorize, and meditate. Hear the, hearing the word from God. Hearing the word from godly pastors and ministers and teachers provides insights into other study of the scriptures as well as stimulating your own appetite for the word. Okay? And I put an emphasis here on godly pastors and ministers and teachers. Alright? You need to be very careful about what enters in through your ear gates. You need to be careful. When it comes down to the word of God, you've got to check it with the word of God. Alright? Alright? And I won't get into the whole scriptures on false prophets out there because there are false prophets that don't even realize they're false prophets. It's because of the fact they don't understand the word of God and many of them are not even prayed up themselves. So you've got to be careful what enters into your, into your ear gate here. You, you know, Hearing the word from godly pastors and teachers provides an insight into other study of the scriptures as well as stimulates your own appetite for the word. We have podcasts and online audio Bibles are also available. So there's many ways that you can hear the word of God today. Many, 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 many ways, okay? Um, you need to write down the scriptures we hear and read in Sunday services. You know, you should, you should take notes. You know, you should see my Bible. I've got so many different colored things. I've got to remember green means what, red means what, you know. Okay? Alrighty? Alrighty. I finally got, a, finally got a new Bible a few months ago because the one Kathy used to... I used to pick the thing up and the binder was... The binding was falling off of it. I mean, it was literally... It was given to me as an ordination gift back in 1993. And I've had it for... I still have it. I won't throw it away, you know. But the pages are all worn through. The highlighting is worn through the pages to the next page. So that when I'm reading one page, I can't tell which page was, was the highlight intended for. Was it for the scripture on the other page or was it intended for this page? You know? Okay, but I'm saying that to say that um, um, we need to take hearing the word of God seriously you know and don't, don't take hearing the word of God and even going to church just for the sake of going to church like it's a fad or you're going to church because my aunt Tilly goes to church 
you know, or goes to this church, my Aunt Tilly. I don't have an Aunt Tilly, by the way, but I talk about her so much. But many reasons we go to church for the wrong reasons. You know, we should be going to church for the reason that we really want to hear God and understand, understand, understands it. Okay? He that receives seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it. Amen? Amen? We need to, to, uh, we need to, to read and to write down what we're hearing. Go to Romans 10. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 10. Thank you, Lord. The way things are going on on the world, world theater, and the national theater for that matter, we need to make sure we're hearing from God. We really do. Because there's so much going on that um, if you're not well versed in the word, word, you could get caught up in something you shouldn't be caught up in. All right, Romans 10, verse number 11. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Please underline that. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Underline that, please. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written... How beautiful are the feet of them that preach. The gospel, I'm not going to take my shoes off. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Please underline. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, So your faith is bolstered, it builds as you hear the word of God, as you hear it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing uh, by the word of God. You've got to, to put yourself in a position where you are constantly hearing the word of God, and understanding the word of God, and then that will bolster your faith. That will build your faith. But if you're not even taking time to hear the word of God, then how are you going to have that understanding? How is your faith going to be increased? You go to James 1. James 1. James chapter 1.22 James 1. Verse 22. But be ye doers of the word. Underline, be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, underline, and not a doer. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. In the natural, his natural face uh, in, in a glass. For he beholds himself, 
and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. All right? So that's like saying you look in the mirror and you see yourself, and then you walk away and you forget what you look like. <laughs> okay? And you forget what you look like. All right? But it goes on to say that, but, but in verse number um, uh, 24, for he beholds himself, he sees himself, and goes his way, and straightaway forgets what manner of man he was. Forgets what he looks like. Verse 25. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, please line, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Okay? So how many of us hear the word? We come to church and we hear a sermon, we hear the word, but then we don't do the word. Well, that's the same thing as someone looking in the mirror and forgetting what he looked like. Amen? So if you're hearing the word of God, you've got to do what the word of God says. Okay? Now, in order, that requires a couple of things, of course. That is that the word that you're hearing... You're certain it's God's word. You're certain it's what God is saying for you to do it. Because God forbid you go and you hear a word that is not based on scripture. You hear a word that is not scripturally based and you go and do it. Get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. Amen? That's why you've got to check everything you hear against the word of God. This is why you've got to, to read the word. You've got to mark up the word so that you make sure that what you're hearing can be further supported by the word of God. Okay? Then once you're sure it is the word of God, then you've got to do it. Okay? Because if you're not a doer of the word, just like the guy who looks in the mirror and then walks away and doesn't know what he looks like. Amen? So it requires some action. You can sit around all day and, and you can spout scriptures. I know folks that can recite scripture from, from Genesis to uh, Revelation. You know, you can say a, say a scripture and they'll say, Corinthians 8 verse 12. You know, da, 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 da. Okay? Then outside of church, the person's a regular hellion. Doing everything and violating everything, everything in the word of God. So it's easy to memorize the word. You've got to understand it, as the previous scripture said. And then you've got to do it. You, you've, you've got to live the word. You've got to live the word. You've got to get the word into your life. Okay? Now, is that just something that we can all just so easily do? No, it's not. I'm not going to stand up here and be holier than thou. Okay? All of us, we're in human bodies. We're here on this planet Earth. Where we are constantly bombarded by all sorts of input that is counter to the word of God. We get so much input from television, from others, newspapers or whatever. That, that you need to mind your cues. You need to make, you got to be on your toes to make sure you're not doing something outside of the word of God. But you've got to do the word. You've got to try your darndest to make sure that you're doing what the word of God says. Okay? Not only is that in terms of, of actions or non-actions, knowing that it's wrong to steal or wrong to kill or whatever, okay? But it's also in, in doing the word of God in terms of, 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 of having faith and believing. In terms of we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, that's a doer of the word. How challenging is that? All right? You have things in your life going haywire. 
Things out in your house in your, in your house going haywire. Things around you going haywire. Get a piece of mail. You get a phone call. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh gosh! How 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 hard is it to to, to be a, a a doer of the word and to walk by faith and not by sight? You see what I'm getting at? Okay. It's the deeper things of God that we need to work on. We can sit around and we can recite religious platitudes all day long. We can all quote scriptures. We can all say, praise the Lord, I love your brother. Praise the Lord, I love your sister. Greet each other with a hug and all like that. In the final analysis, are you hearing God's word and are you trying your darndest to be a doer of the word? That will make the difference in you making sure that weeds are not growing in your garden. Okay? Okay? Because if you're not a, a, a believer and a doer of the word, it's, it's very, very unlikely that you're going to recognize Holy Spirit when he's trying to talk to you. It's very unlikely. Okay? Because if you're living outside of the confines of that book, you're not going to recognize Holy Spirit. And your heart becomes so hardened, you know, that if he was to shout, and he's not, Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He won't shout at you. Okay? Right? But it's that still, quiet voice. The voice of God is often a still, quiet voice. Right? What did Elijah do? He was in that cave, hiding out because uh, um, Jezebel had sent a threat to him. Okay? He was told to go outside and listen for, for God. The word of God says, the wind came by, but God was not in the wind. An earthquake came by, but God was not in the earthquake, and it goes on and on. But then there was the still, quiet voice. Amen? Amen? This is what you've got to become sensitive to hearing. Okay? You know, I always talk about the parking space. I mean, because so many times you're driving into the, to a parking lot, going shopping, and you pull into a space, and you hear this little quiet voice, don't park there. Okay? Something as simple and silly as that. Don't park there. Okay, And I told you about that one time years ago And I ignored that voice When I came out a truck I left my car there And I came out a truck It backed into it With a tow, a tow thing uh, A tow hitch On the front Put a nice big dent in my front bumper Okay, I heard the Holy Spirit Okay, And as I got back in the car And was looking at it I heard Holy Spirit again Didn't I tell you? <laughs> in so many words Amen Amen so my wife's gotten used to it. I mean, I'll be driving into a space halfway parked, and I'll back out again. And she stopped asking, why am I doing it? Okay, well, I'll back back. I just get a feeling. Okay? So I'm not going to take that chance. Okay? And you'd be surprised. You get into the habit of doing that, you'll hear Holy Spirit telling you to do something or not to do something in other areas of your life. It'll, be, it'll, become, second, it'll become second hat to you. It'll become so easy because you will distinctly hear Holy Spirit's voice. Don't do that. Don't make that choice. Don't go there. Don't say yes to that. Don't allow that. Okay? You've got to be bold enough to tell someone no. You've got to be bold enough to be careful about the laying on of hands around you and on you. Okay? You got to be bold. Holy Spirit will give you a warning and say, no, don't let that happen. No, don't get on that line. Okay? 
Oh, but, 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 but. Music was wonderful. This was that. Holy Spirit tell you no. Don't let that person lay hands on you. Don't get on that line. You'll hear that. You better become sensitive to that. You better become tuned into that. There's so much stuff floating around out there today that we need Holy Spirit in every single aspect of our lives. Every single aspect. There's things happening around us that we don't have the faintest idea. God does not always permit us to see into the spiritual realm and it's for good reason. Because if we could see the warfare that's going on, I'm sure it would be just totally, you know. But God knows. And what you will find... And I'm kind of going where I wasn't intending to go, but I feel like I need to go there. You'll find that the closer you get into the Word of God, the deeper you get into the Word of God and understanding the Word of God, the deeper you get into wanting to know and understand the deeper, meteor things of God, that's when that spiritual warfare that is going on all around us will intensify. Okay? Okay? Alrighty? And because prior to that time, Prior to the time that you wanted to become more knowledgeable about God and that you were not maybe taking God as seriously, you were not a threat to the enemy. You're not a threat. The minute your eyes become opened, <laughs> the song, Open My Eyes, the minute your eyes become open to what is really going on around you, that's when you become a threat. Why? Because you can recognize. What does the devil, what does the Word of God say about the wiles of the devil, the trickery of the devil? When your eyes become spiritually open and you start recognizing things, or you start to get into a situation, the Holy Spirit tells you, no, don't get on that line, don't let that person lay hands on you, etc., etc. Now all of a sudden you're moving to a whole different level. Because now you're really, really beginning to walk in the deeper things of God. And that becomes a threat. Okay? And I submit to you that as time continues and until as long as Jesus tarries, this is going to intensify for us Christians as long as we're still here, as long as we're waiting for Jesus. It's going to intensify. You're going to hear things and see things that are so deceitful and so deceptive that you will need the Word of God. You will need Holy Spirit to tell you what is yea and what is, is nay. Alright? So you need to, to take very, very seriously about being still and quiet enough to hear the voice of God. To make sure that, you're not, that, that you're, 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 your circuits are not always busy. Reading, how is the word of God to be read? The Holy Scriptures are to be read understanding whose word it is. It's God's word. Only He can make us understand it. Alright? If you're reading the Bible before you even start reading it, you know, pray. You know, Lord, help me to understand what I'm about to read. Okay? Every single Bible study, we always open our prayer by saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, guide us so we can understand your word. You don't want any room for any, any mental or human thought to, to get in, you know, perverting the process there. Uh, with desire to know, believe, and obey the will of God revealed in God's word, asking God to show us if we don't understand. And study, studying the scriptures. Studying the scriptures leads to personal discovery of God's truth. Writing down or recording them on your phones. These, discover, these discoveries help you to organize and remember them, you know. And, and, and I know that there are, are, are plenty of times when we have our prayer line up here. Um, many of you, I'm, I'm aware of the fact that many of you are, are recording, are recording things. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because then you can go back, you can play, you can play back. 
You can play back. And then, and, and, and then test God as God says, test me, prove me. Amen? Amen? So, so take notes, write things down, record things. Memorize it. Memorizing God's word enables the use of the sword of the Spirit to overcome Satan and temptations. To have it readily available for witnessing or helping others with a word in season. And some scriptures for that is, uh, uh, you can look at Psalm 119, 9 to 11. I won't go there now. And Colossians 3, or Colossians 3, 15 to 17. Okay? Let the word of Christ dwell in you. And when I say memorize scriptures, I'm not talking about memorizing in the sense that I was talking about before, where you're simply memorizing for the sake of memorizing, but get the scriptures deep down into your spirit. You know, you know I mean, some scriptures like, you know, you, you get this fear upon you, you know, uh, I rebuke your spirit of fear because the Lord, my God, has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, be still and know that I am God, Psalm 4610. There are some scriptures that just from reading the Bible, you'll be coming, you'll wind up uh, memorizing, yet it will stay uh, within your spirit. Deuteronomy 11, 13 to 21 talks about laying up God's word in your heart. And then lastly here is to meditate on God's word. Meditate. Only as you meditate on God's word, thinking of its meaning and its application in your life, will you discover its transforming power at work within you. Meditate on the word. You can even grab a couple of scriptures from any sermon and, and, and just say, Lord, what does this mean? You know, I mean, that's a very good place to start is if you hear a scripture that you're not totally understanding, grab that scripture and ask God, what does this mean? And then meditate on it because he will certainly tell you how it applies to your life. That's the important thing that I want to make, the statement I want to make here. Amen. Amen. So praise God. I, I pray that 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 as you go forward and consider the words that you've heard here today, keep them deeply rooted within your spirit. We don't know what the week ahead holds for any of us. We don't know what the week ahead may hold you know what your plans are amen and then you just pray that your plans are in line with God's word and that more uh, but more interesting enough though be at the point where you you almost you're ready to say yes to God before he even answers amen amen I pray that this message was a blessing to you and now before we close let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings